0: Okay, good evening folks. Uh, welcome along to the Irish F1 show, with special thanks as always to PFT Travel, Tech and Tools, PalletStorage.ie, Richard Carney Engineering, Deliverit, PM and RAPCO. Barry Rabbit and Richard Carney, you're very welcome. And for the first time, as you can see, uh, Kevin has had a shave and a tidy up and he's looking much more <laughs> handsome. Here we go.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I thought it was something different, All right, RHAs.
0: <laughs> he's looking a bit. He's looking a bit fresher. <laughs> yeah, he apologises. He he has he he has a, a, something else that that's in the way at the moment. So um, he asked me to sit the other side of the microphone for a change. And sure, if you don't try, you never know, do you? So, uh,
1: guys, it'll be interesting. It'll be very
0: wanted. <laughs> certainly making it up as we go along today. Um, Much but, like Verstappen, his run had to come to an end eventually. That's it. That's it. <laughs> uh, certainly, a lot to talk about. Uh, wh- what a, what an interesting race! What a very interesting race. Um, I suppose let's let's talk about the the, the the obvious one first. The one that everybody w- was 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 taken by was Carlos Sainz's performance. How how good was that?
2: Yeah, well, Richie, uh, you're the Ferrari man. You got to be impressed with that.
1: Uh, to be honest with you, um yeah it's great to see ferrari back um just on Carlos's drive uh, to be honest it's it's one of if not the most measured formula one drives i've ever seen in my existence of watching formula one um what a clever drive like what like alan Prost, eat your heart out you know and and to have to wear with all, you know, with ten laps to go, the backlander into the murks, him in the DRS, and and, and and not just with ten laps to go, his whole race, the way he managed it, the way he managed his tires, um, I have to say, and I'm not the biggest Carlos Sainz fan at all, but my God, what a drive!
2: Yeah, it was really, it was, it was top class from from Sainz at the end, as he said to. Have the have the, the the presence of mind and the spare capacity to to push, back, to drop back and let him, let Norris pick up the DRS to defend from the charging uh, Mercedes. But it was a really clever strategy call too from Ferrari to um, keep the pack so compacted for the entire um, sixty two laps or most of it, so that so that no one could take a stop because they know where to drop back into. Um, and, and, and performed a kind of undercut that would have been strong there. So it was a very Monaco-esque, I thought, of the kind of strategy. Just drive really, really slow, keep the pack really, really tight, save your tires obviously, but more importantly, don't create a gap for an early stopper to drop back into. Um I you know, we've seen that both times that you know that even after even after the um the Red Bulls missed the opportunity to pit and were kinda of in the top few. You know, within very not very long, it was obvious that even if they've got a safety car to pit on, they were going to come back out in 15th or 16th position. Um, so it was, I think Ferrari, although signs drove absolutely incredible the, the latter stages, I think definitely Ferrari need a pat in the back too for the, the very clever strategy and how to win that one.
1: Barry, do you think that that that's Fred Vasseur's influence on the team since he's joined, where we are now seeing? Uh, what what way would I put it? A much better ran Ferrari organisation, and and like it's not often we say this, but strategically they got it right for science. I think they messed the truck up a little bit, but you know, are we slowly seeing Ferrari come back, um, strategically as well as having race pace?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's hard to know is it Fisera's influence or what it is, but there's definitely a correlation there between him arriving and them seeming to be making less silly mistakes. And if anything, like Singapore, as I said, just you know, to really nailing it. Um, you know, Leclerc was definitely being used as a as a bit of cannon fodder and backing everyone up. Um, and he, you know, to be fair to him, he came out and said, "Well, look, that's that's the role I have to play because I didn't do a good enough job in qualifying ultimately." So he didn't like it. But he did it, um, and he might have been thinking back to I think it was twenty nineteen when, when when roles were reversed and Leclerc was leading in Singapore and Vettel was supposed to be the rear gunner, but he somehow managed to accidentally undercut him, um, and get out ahead of him in the Ferrari, and and ended up Vettel ended up winning it by accident nearly, and of course Vettel wasn't going to give it back once that happened, so I don't know maybe maybe Leclerc was expect, waiting to get the tables turned
0: in his favor this time around, but
2: no, it was um. It was very. It was an intriguing, intriguing race, and of course, came alive at the end.
0: And and guys, um, the, certainly the summer holiday, the month off, seems to have Ferrari seem to have taken more out with that than most teams. both in terms of their drivers as well as the the, the car's general performance, did they do? Did they do much? Did they bring many changes to the car after the summer layoff?
2: don't think so i i I think i think that what you're seeing at the moment is um a field that's so closely um so closely spread that's not you know a contradiction in terms but they're so close from from you know red bull backwards and from this weekend including red bull that it's really down to execution of a race weekend because the pace is so similar so you're going to have little you know Little bumps along the way where a track suits one team more than another, but in general, it's just so so tight through the whole field that maybe you know the, the proper execution of a weekend is 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 given more results than it would have in previous years, and maybe that's a bit of what we've seen with Ferrari. I mean, it was a low bar to clear, but they haven't been great in that resu- in that that, that, that um, area up to date. So, um, they probably did have a decent bit of room for improvement. Um, but the other thing it shows is that. You know, just how good a job Red Bull is doing the rest of the year because it takes so little to see how far back they dropped, you know. So everyone thinking it's just easy-peasy for them, um, you know, to, to be putting in those 10 wins in a row and 15 as a team and, in general. Uh, it just shows that it takes so little for it to go wrong, um, which I think, if anything, is more makes the rest of their season even more impressive. You know, despite the fact that they were on the back foot this weekend, it kind of shows just how how hard they've had to work to 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 do what they've done
0: yeah but of course in that situation red bull normally have the setup and uh the capacity to just drive away down the road and and murder the opposition and let and let everybody behind them worry about it I think what was really good here was Ferrari didn't have that pace, but as you said, they created strategy whereby even Lando was afraid to challenge for the for the win and for fear of losing the podium place. You know, you could see that. You know, so yeah, it certainly was a, a unique race. Winning it at the slowest possible pace, I think, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, but even just to go back on what Barry is saying there, like um, Red Bull have been. The class of, of the season. Car. I think Ferrari haven't gained much in regard of pace uh, in Singapore. They weren't, you know, they, they weren't any quicker than they have been all season. I think like they have a quick car, they have a quick qualifying car. And I think, you know, turning it into the race in Singapore, the the fastest car didn't win that race in, in any way, shape or form. Um strategy and the way it was driven um, is what won that race for Ferrari. You know, and and it's just touching on what Barry said. You know, Ferrari wasn't the fastest car. No. By any stretch of the imagination. It was just really good. For once, we're saying this, really good strategy, really good team play. No fuck-ups and pit stops. No, you know, it all came together for him. And And, and Barry said to me last weekend in Mondello, just win the race at the slowest pace possible and that's what they have done.
0: Yeah. 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 But I have a feeling any, anyone else think uh, Red Bull will be back at the sharp end come next week in Japan? Yeah. Yeah, I think so.
2: I think I think the um I think what we had I I know it was it was slightly unfortunate that we had all this noise in the background with the technical bulletin relating to um flexible wings and stuff happened to come out the week the week leading up to the the one race that Red Bull were on the back foot, so all of a sudden all the conspiracy theorists were sharpening their pencils and, you know, getting their keyboard bashing skills in place and, you know, linking one with the other, which I don't think is the case. And I mean, you know, maybe it will be, but nothing to suggest that it was. And I think at Suzuka next week um, or this week coming, in fact, it's uh, it'll it'll prove that right. You know, the the Red Bull was always destined to be on the back foot at Singapore for. Um, chassis setup and kind of uh, the, the philosophy of the car reasons why and the wings really so far as I can tell and reading a bit about it seems to have very little to do with it so it no. was just uh, it, it, it was just an unfortunate coincidence that is that the two of them happened on the same week so now everyone's thinking that it's uh, it was the wings and then therefore they were cheating and they've been kind of caught and I think Suzuki will put all them silly rumors to bed I think Red Bull will be right back on it straight away you yeah, know like, it, um, it's did you hear Barry
1: I, I heard that they had a new floor on for Singapore and, yeah so um, apparently
2: they had a floor on for practice and they took it back off again for, on, on Saturday and basically made no yeah, difference
1: but, but for like as you were saying for those pencil sharpeners or keypad warriors um, when they do start writing I mean flexi wings flexi wings is what a tenth two tenths at best Red Bull, were, he... you know, they were, they were way more than that off. So regardless well, the... of what Horner or anyone has come out and said, they obviously tried something that no one knows about that just didn't work.
2: So so from what I... So I was reading a few of the more technical kind of journalists um, over the course of the weekend, because I, 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 I love that side of it, you know, I'm trying to figure out what was going on. So the basic, from what I can ascertain, is that the red the Red Bull runs is able to run much closer to the ground than than its competitors without suffering from bottoming out and that's because they have basically um they 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 run higher to to start with or as high to start with and then they have softer springs and as the car loads up with, with aerodynamic downforce the car then lowers itself naturally with the weight of the downforce pushing on those softer springs and at singapore the low ride height combined with those softer springs Issues with the car, the ground, the, the car striking the ground basically, and were afraid that the car would then end up failing the um, the skid test rule basically. And so far as the floor has to be X thickness, and they had to lift through all Rouge to stop the car grounding out there and having the same problem at the end of the race. So, so really, really, what it was is it was just a case of the car not being ideally set up for it, and then to, to compensate for it, what they did was they raised the ride height, which is the logical thing to do raise the rear ride height to give them that margin so it wouldn't be bottoming out. And, of course, that massively affected the balance of the car um, and yes. made the re- rear of it re- really, really, really taily. Really so, you know, it's very logical. It's quite easy to understand where where that came from. Um, and, you know, you could see if I'm on board the car. The, the rear of the car just didn't want to hang on at all. So no. um, I, I think when they get back to Suzuka, a more contemporary kind of standard type of track, um, I I think all them problems would have just gone away again. So, oh, relatively straightforward, but hard to fix.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mac, Mac spoke about it, didn't he? in In an interview, I thought, I heard him in an interview saying like he couldn't command the brakes like he army does because the car was bottoming out. And, yeah, um, yeah, and lifting, lifting know, the
2: unloading the front front wheels as well. So yeah, yeah. So and you so could what, actually, what, what you
1: physically, sense? you could physically see exactly what you were after explaining when you watched the car mid-corner like just just the rear just wanted to kill them every time
2: yeah yeah so i they they'll be able to run their standard ride height without fear of grounding out the bottom of the car and failing post scrutiny checks in suzuka and i think they'll be back to exactly where they were the the wing the wings is interesting one just to pick up on that the 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 flexi wing so the idea behind it is the, the 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 red bull the theory is that the red bull is a lot more as the centre of balance, the aero centre of balance is quite far forward on it compared to other cars. Um and make that's what makes it as pointy as we as we know it is and that kind of only for stopping can hang on to it. the flexible front wing then just kind of dulls that pointiness because it loses a bit of downforce in the front with the wings flexing and returns the centre of balance to something more, you know, controllable. So if it is a thing that they that they're utilizing that a lot, and it is cut down on. It may have an impact on the on their pace of the car later in the season, but I don't think it'll be the the, the massive amount we've seen at, no. at Singapore.
0: No, no. Okay, interesting. Um, let's talk about penalties for a quick second. I know the last time we were on, uh, we touched on this, and I I, I was I, I I had a point to make. But let's just talk about penalties for a second. Is there? Do we think they're going to have to look at this? As as a general rule, if you, if you take what Perez done to Albon yesterday, yeah, and he picks up a five second penalty, which was not that dissimilar to the Hamilton the previous week the previous race and whatever, and they just drive away and there's no real penalty for them. Are they going to have to take a view of this because uh, Perez Perez driving into the side of Albon yesterday, I thought was was quite cynical, really.
2: Yeah, I mean right. again. It's tough, isn't it? Because I don't know whether it's... I, Richie, you know yourself and, and Mike also from racing. You, you may not be making... That might not be coming into your head at the moment that you decide, you know, a last-minute, spur-of-the-moment, spur split-second decision to throw a yoke up the inside and hope for the best. So I don't know in the case of Perez, would it, would it be a, a, a kind of a, a thought-out and worked-out equation? But i tell you where I think it would be. Whereas if a car goes off the road, like we see in Hamilton, I think, at the weekend doing it to gain a position um, around the outside of someone and leave the track. I think in that instance, when they pull back in, in front of it, that car, they could have a decision to make. They say, right, well, do I give the position back or do I just stay where I am and pull five seconds clear? Because if I give the position back, there's no guarantee I'll get back by him again. Whereas I'm ahead of him now, you know, pull five seconds, which, you know, generally... If you're passing a car, you can do over the course of a Grand Prix. I think that's where it might become a bit more of a, a conscious decision. Um, but something does need to be looked at on it because there's no point in giving someone a penalty that can be, you know, quickly annulled um to the point that it, it didn't exist in the first place.
1: Yeah, no, I think adding the five seconds is is not it's not the way forward, you know. I mean even look at going back to the older days serve your 5 seconds on a pit stop or you have to come You have to come to pit lane to serve your 5 second penalty so in effect it's like a 28, right, 9
2: so. second penalty What about Richie the idea that if somebody gains a position okay, I wouldn't have sorted the Perez thing out but say the, the more typical one where the car leaves the track and gains an advantage by overtaking what about the rule that says that if you don't give the position back within one lap it becomes a, I don't know, a 15 second penalty, something much more drastic. So that you still have the option to do the right thing, but you have a very limited time frame to do it. Because as it stands now, it's if you don't give it back, you get a five second penalty. That's that's not enough of a deterrent, I don't think. I think if, no. I think you'd see a lot more positions given back if it was a 15 second or 12 second or 10 second or whatever, something a lot st- more tougher than five seconds. That if you don't give it back within a lap, you know, voluntarily not that we have to the FIA have to come on and tell you I mean these guys know when they did it right or did it wrong or if it's a fair idea and the teams certainly do and they have to make a judgement call on it that within you know the, that lap that you're currently on or plus a lap whatever some some time frame that they give it back and if they don't well then the real penalty hits give them, it still gives them an out, a, a get out because we don't want to see really really drastic penalties and then people are
1: afraid to have a go
2: you know for fear of a 30 second or a stop and go what do you think of that one?
1: Yeah. Um yeah, something like that. Um I also think they need to look at like you can be very strategic as to when you give the place back on the circuit. You know, um you can you know you you can let them you can let them through on a part of the circuit where you, you pick up DRS right behind them. So you have let them through, but you have the benefit of DRS. So like there's a couple of there's a couple of unknowns here. Like I do I do take your point and I do agree with you. Five seconds is you know, as you say, you can just head on up the road five seconds and penalty doesn't matter. Um increase it to more than five seconds and maybe, you know, you cannot strategically give the place back. I don't know how you would police that or you can't give the place back on a, on, a, on a DRS zone where, you know, we've seen drivers in the past give the place back and then re-overtake through DRS. Yeah, so it's, yeah um, they might have
2: to look at that, disable it, DRS it, for a lap or something.
1: It is a bit of a conundrum, but I do take your point that we don't want to start, like I, I did say there a few minutes ago, you know, make them serve it in the pit lane. But, yeah, we want to see car racing. We don't want, we really want to see cars set in a pit lane for you know, 28 seconds serving a five-second penalty. So, yeah, it can be sorted out on track. It just, it, it needs a bit of thought, I think. Yeah, well, leave it, you know, leave it to the
2: teams to make, or the driver to make the call, you know. If, they'll know themselves. If they think that they got it wrong and that they did gain the position off track, you know, they might, they'll might they be quick enough to self police it and, and give the position back, Um, and, and, you know, for fear of a higher penalty, so... But so, they need to look at it. That's for sure. Because it's uh, there's no point issuing a penalty that someone can basically wipe clean within a couple of laps.
1: And there's, there's, there's just one other point that I want to put to you, Barry, on this situation where, let's say, like the Perez thing, um and I'm seeing a lot more of it happening where a guy makes a move, and it's not it's not like a, a last minute lunge down the inside, but when when the the driver that's being overtaken realizes, oh shit, I'm, I'm done here. He suddenly throws his car off the track, gets on the radio, and he pushed me wide, he pushed me wide, he has to give the place back. You know, yeah. like I, I I'm seeing a lot of that creeping into it as well.
2: I think that's what happens when you have two way communication, you know. It's 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 they're they're playing to the to the referee as such, you know, instead of just you know, like generally in, in, in more kind of Lower level formula, you know, you know certainly what we'd be at in club level. You're on your own. You got to make your own decisions there and then. You don't have, you know, you're not, you, you don't have a direct line to the clerk of the course or the race director or the stewards like the F1 guys have. You have to make a decision then, and you know, and hopefully you're in the right, right, and and put yourself in a position to fight it afterwards. But um, I don't know. I think there's, I think, I think it's part of a bigger problem. There's just too much. You know, too much communication—that is—is is probably some of it too. They don't need to be able to talk to the to the to the to the drivers and to the teams quite as much as they possibly do. I don't know how you—it's—it's it's, you know, there's obviously reasons to have it there. But like we've seen, science at the end of the race, he figured that out himself. That thing with Nor- Norris, yeah. like, because they came on and told him, "Oh, Norris is within eight tenths; he's within DRS. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. "I know. I did that on purpose." It's on guys. purpose. Yeah. That was, I mean, so they're able to do it, and it bring, and it brings that out. Um, I'd rather see a lot less communication between pit pit to car and and you know vice versa car to um, car to pit. I, I think it would just it's 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 another way of kind of widening the the gap between the very very good and the exceptional. Um, and I think that that could be part of it. There's certainly an element where they're, you know, as I said, referencing football again. You know, jump jumping jumping on the ground, holding your shin, and you know looking. Look, looking straight to the ref to see if he's if he's blowing the whistle, you know I don't like that
1: No, nor me
0: right. Interesting, very interesting uh, Is Singapore a track that's easier than others on tyres and the reason I asked the question is, uh, two reasons actually Has, Kevin Magnuson finished in 10th and the la- took the last point in the race yesterday on Use softs that were 23 laps old in the race. Now, there's a car that absolutely chews its tires up after two laps normally. On top of which, Mercedes were able to save a full set of tires throughout the keep them for the race, slap them on uh, 20 laps from home, and come out and go like absolute trance to try and do something about it. We know what happened to Russell, but like, is that because the track allowed them to do it, or is there perhaps another strategy there that? Certainly teams like Haas could look at elsewhere
1: I honestly I honestly don't think that the track Is that much easier On tyres um, And the simple reason I say this is Everyone started on hards um, I don't think Like Mercedes Made a decision to swap to mediums But like There was twenty, eighteen, or 20 odd laps to go So regardless maybe Of any circuit you race on the mediums are gonna last 18 to 20 laps. Um, I think there was a reason they all wanted to go along on the hard. Um, I take your point. Maybe it's not the hardest circuit on tires, but um, I think it's more I think it's more strategic as to what happened this weekend. Um, I take your point with Haas where yeah brilliant in qualifying to turn the tires on the problem is to turn them on too much and to burn them off too quickly but you know I, I think it was more strategic than the track being soft on yeah. tires i think i i'd be interested to hear Barry's view
2: on it i think yeah i i don't think it's a, i don't think it's the tires in itself or the track usage of the tires and um, I, I think it's just a case that the, you know the reality of it is that, that Sainz was driving around most of the race 2 seconds off his potential pace um just to to keep the pack tight as we mentioned earlier so that Teams couldn't drop back into the, you know, do a quick, do a quick start, an early stop and drop back into clear track and be able to, um, to un- undercut the, you know, those ahead of them. So I think that probably had a bigger impact in it than, than anything, than, than the, you know, the abrasiveness of the circuit or anything like that. I think they were ultimately, the reality was they were all, as a result of science, driving around a nice bit off the pace, um, you know, one, one after the other. And it was only then when, the Mercedes got the got the mediums on and wasn't obviously the tires, the fresher tires helped, no doubt about that. But I think it was more the case that they had they had empty track in front of them to drive into, and they were able to show the the real pace of the car. And um, Red Bull had a little bit of that towards the end of the race too. So, um, yeah, it was a bit of a, as I said, it was a bit of a Monaco, just just drive around, keep everyone behind you, um, because it's not a track that's easy to overtake on. So, which was Ferraris, which you know, it's a, it's a. You know, is it is it what we want to see? Cars driving around two seconds off the pace. No, but you know, it's Ferrari's prerogative. They were they did the hard work on Saturday to to be able to get there at the front of the grid and 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 choose the strategy that worked best for them. And you know, it's interesting in another way. It's not you know, it's not a car floating around on its absolute limit, but there's definitely you know an interest and an appeal to that strategy as well. Yeah, and so, I do. Feel, I do sorry,
1: sorry, Mark, I do feel on on Barry's point there, right? Yeah, science was probably driving around two seconds a lap slower than he could have been going. But so was the other five that were right behind him. Mm. And I just felt, you know, it meant for for a purist, say, right, like someone that understands how racing works, and and we we understand why he's driving around at that pace, probably to someone just looking at the race that wouldn't have the inside information, they're probably like, ah, sure they're just riding around behind each other. But, like, it, as a purist, it's extremely interesting. It's like a game of chess. It's like, you know, you, you, you have to hand it to them. And, and um, I just also want to touch on, just before we leave the tyre team, like, how impressive was Max in that Red Bull when they put him on medium compared to Perez? How impressive, like, you know, it yeah. it just goes to show the class and the caliber of the driver. How what he could drag out of that really bad Red Bull car compared to his teammate.
2: Yeah, well I think the thing of Max is he just he, he makes the best out of whatever he's given, you know. Um he doesn't need it to be what he wants it to be. He can just figure it out. What's it needs? Okay, I'll drive it accordingly and that's what I'll do. And I said it before, I wonder is that a is there a bit of the sim racing coming into it from that? Which the sim racing is a bit, lot more kind of, you know, kind of binary type driving. It's something that I, I struggle with when I do with the sim racing. There's no feel to it. You just gotta kind of gotta drive what the car wants in a kind of black and white nature. And I wonder, is there some of the newer guys and the Verstappens and the Lando Norris's of this world that are heavily into the sim racing world? Is it is it is it a, Is it a benefit that they're they're reaping from that? Because they seem to be able to just drive with a car that maybe has no feel or a bad feel and just or just ignore it really. which is a you know completely, you know kind of contrary to what your mind would want to do sort of way of the doing it.
0: difficult thing to do for sure. Now, that,
1: yeah, that's so. very interesting. Like that—that's a very interesting point because, like, you see, if if in a Formula One race where guys get cut out. To get a shower of rain, but they're still on slicks. Like, automatically, Max comes to the fore. Lando comes to the fore. George comes to the fore. You know, they're, they're just, as Barry said, it's just like, you watch it and you go like, that's unnatural. How, how can they do that? You know, it's, it's amazing. Like, and that, that's a fair point, Barry.
0: Good point. Very good point. Uh, just on Perez for a second, Richard, as you mentioned Perez, um, is he... I I know you you make the comparison and the performance and all, but is he he's in a t- is uh, he's in a tough spot, isn't he? I mean, you look at the comments he's had to endure from Helmut Marko, and no public support from his team whatsoever. You know, no one came out in his defence on his side of the table and at the garage to say, "Hang on a second, that's 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 a bit over, a bit too, bit too raw." Like you can't say things like that. He didn't get that support. And and it just you know even Christian Horner I don't think really really he could have been a little bit more vocal in support of one of his drivers in that situation and no one would have blamed him for it. It's he he's obviously that's obviously a real pressure cooker position for him if if all of that's kicking off around him all the time and he has to contend with that and still be compared to Max isn't it? Well, like in
1: all fairness, let's be fair about this. You talk about being thrown under the bus. Helmut was driving the bus. <laughs> so,
0: <I>
1: mean, <laughs> With an axe in both um, hands. <laughs> like um, no, I, I I feel for Perez. He's not, you know, he's not obviously anyone at that level is not a bad driver. Um, no. um I feel Christian came out and said that, you know, he's contracted to the end of next season and he will he will finish his contract. Will that really happen? I don't I don't think so. No, I like Perez and He's a good driver. Obviously, he's not in Max's league. I don't know who is in Max's league at the moment, but um, he's, in, he's in a tricky situation with the team he's in and with the team mate that he has. I mean, you know, if you're so much as a tent off again, Max, Max is going to multiply that or triple it, you know, yeah. because he's so good. And when you think of Red Bull, when they started their dominance, they had a young Vettel who was very similar. Max and just dominated his teammates, dominated everyone around him, now they have Max and, and over those the course of those 10 or 15 years you know Vettel was the love boy, now it's Max and, and Red Bull as a team I don't think they were ever really too supportive of the slower oh drivers, you know what I mean Um, to the, the carry them along and carry them along and I think it's an issue stemming back to the Vettel death
2: honest yeah i mean uh, look helman marco's and while his age he's 80 years of age or something we have to make allowances so- somewhat he's living he's living out of his out of his uh era maybe a small bit to be fair to him you know
0: you mean he's a it's, dinosaur barry yeah
2: yeah i mean let's be honest he's you know <laughs> We'd be very lucky if we had grandparents that age, like you know, he's, he's, and and what would our grandparents say? Or we all know eighty-year-olds. What would they say if every second word that came out of their mouth was was captured by by uh, reporters and media and everything else? Like they'd probably be in the news a lot more than Helmut Marco. Let's be honest, but it, it 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 doesn't it doesn't make it right, you know. somewhere along the line, he might need, but he probably just doesn't give a shit. To
0: be perfectly honest, <laughs>
2: you know, he did he didn't at the best of times, and. You know, it's just say he's living in a he's living in an era that he probably didn't 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 grow up in. So, I I give him a little bit of an allowance. You know, it wasn't it wasn't hugely horrific what he said. At the end of the day, I remember watching racing for years, and people would often not that long ago would reference a, a a driver's um uh you know kind of culture I suppose more so than their 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 country. We've often heard of the the Latin temperament and and all this sort of thing and. You know, that's been said in main main mainstream media quite a bit over the years with different drivers through the years that had different temperament. You know, we've we've heard people say it with regard to to Finnish drivers, you know, Raikkonen and doesn't say anything and he's the Iceman and you know, it's the reality is that different cultures have got different different ways of, of, of carrying themselves and you know, could you said it in a in a better more diplomatic way yeah but i think at the end of the day what he was saying has got some sort of truth behind it that you know different countries generate different types of temperament generally speaking of course not across the board you can't say everybody is one but you know just go back to the alonso era where his latin roots would have been brought up and you know and and the montoya's of this world and everything else where it would have been part and parcel of 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 what you get so yeah it's it, what you do about nothing i think in my book you know they, red bull probably could have came out and i think it was silly they said something along the lines of that he doesn't he's not an employee of red bull with mm. racing where he's actually a director of red bull umbrella company so i mean you're trying to split hairs there they, they should have just faced it head on and either completely apologized or just washed it away they, what they did was i think you know was, was a bit of nothing really to try to who who did they think was gonna just accept, Oh, he's not an employee. All right, yeah, fair enough, Tristan. Yeah, no bother that. We didn't think of that. You know, that was never going to the bad PR there, like that wasn't gonna cut it, was it?
0: No, not really. And 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 I think that's the point. And if you're if you're Alonso and you're already, you know, you're already having your head kicked in every time you sit in the car by your teammate, right? And, uh, and then you're, you're dealing with that when you're not in the car. It's, it's, it, it can't be a nice place to work. That's that's the point I'm making. No,
2: it's but I'd say time. the eight or nine million a year probably is decent <laughs> enough compensation for it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, it, when he checks his bank balance, it hardly pleased too bad. Perhaps. Yeah, perhaps. You know,
2: it's, it's uh, and, and the person who was probably least upset by it, not least upset by it, but certainly on the lower end of the scale was probably Perez and his, himself, you know. I and mean, anyway, he's not from South America. I think Helmut Marco needs to go back to ge- the, the geography. He's from Mexico, which is from Mexico, North yeah. America, as far as I'm concerned. It's certainly not South America. It might be Central America, but I'm pretty sure it's North America, geographically <laughs> speaking. So
0: maybe you're talking with someone else. Yeah, uh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> um, Let's talk about Aston Martin for a moment, guys. And in particular, I suppose, we Lance Strolling and Aston Martin. Uh, do you think he's losing his appetite to drive?
1: Um maybe. Maybe. Um it's it's daddy's team so he's probably allowed a, a few more fuck-ups than everyone else. Um I don't know. I heard rumors there he's gone about going and playing tennis or mm. I'm not I'm not quite sure and to be honest the thing about Lance was and I always give him the benefit of the doubt because he's won in in every formula he's raced in on the way up. So, and like like we always say, to get to that level, you, you're not. I know it's daddy's team and it's daddy's money, but you ain't going to be a Formula One driver unless you can cut the puck with most of it, and that's plain and simple. Yeah, um, yeah. He's, you know, he's a good driver. He's a good. Like, I think it's more so. He's just. He's going through a sticky patch there. He, broke his hand off a push bike or whatever he done and um be honest with you if he's going to go cycling he deserves it but um... <laughs> I just at, the, at, that, at that point
2: I'd just like to uh... <laughs> I had to cycle to a yeah. corner of this I'm on holidays this resort to get a, a quiet moment so uh, yeah thanks for that Richie but mm-hmm. mind, 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 mind that God, Mine's got shikers. a basket and a baby seat uh, in the back of it, so I don't think I'll be tackling any mountains
0: anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, Richard, you made the comparison in terms of look at what look what uh, Max was getting out of the car compared to Perez. But l- let's look at the Alonso Stroll comparison. I mean, th- th- there's a chasm there in terms of the, what both those two drivers are doing in the same car, isn't there? Yeah, but
1: just just to finish my point, um. I think he's going through a real lull. I think he's ultra long confidence. He, like I say he had that accident on the bike. He's every time he seems to sit in the car, it's not working out for him. Um like I said, I don't I do rate Lance as a as a driver. Um I just I honestly right, he's he's obviously he's not on Alonso's level and never will be. Um Alonso's different gravy. But I just I I think it's more so he's going through a really bad patch at the moment than Alonso is extremely outshining.
2: It's hard to know, isn't it? I suppose that if it was anyone if he if was anyone else and not son of the boss, I mean you just look at it and just go he's not doing a good enough job. As simple as that, you know, he's put it in against Alonso, he's not doing a good enough job, he's not quick enough, you know, he's had a couple of smashes. You know, we just kind of, are we making it overly complicated just because of a surname? Maybe he's just, maybe that's just, you know, his level. That's what he's, that's what he's up to. and Whether it be, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, you know, at the moment when you ring a, you ring a utility company or something and it says, we're experiencing a higher call level than normal, you know, but you're like, well, you can't be continuously having a higher call level than normal. That's just normal then, you know, so like get more people answer the phones. You know, at what point do you say it's not a it's not a lull in performance? It's just that's where he's at. Like, and you know, like it, it, at the end, he's what we're sixteen races or something into the season now at this stage, and he hasn't even shown a, a flash really of of uh, of of a good result. Maybe once or twice, the first race, ironically, with he backed the in injury did pretty well. Um, you know, relative to Alonso and, and such, but. Maybe he's just not, not up to it. Maybe it's just that's just calibre of Alonso. Maybe,
0: but 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 I don't know. I thought he showed. I thought he showed more. I want used well. Aggression is probably the wrong word, but I thought he used more aggression behind the wheel last year in a much poorer car than he's doing this year. That's why I'm asking. You know, you hear the rumors about he wants to be a professional tennis player or whatever. Is is his appetite falling away for Formula One? I wonder.
2: I mean, it's possible. I mean, we've seen at the weekend that they said he wasn't going to drive the car on Sunday after Saturday's shunt because he was a bit sore, which again was another PR disaster. Like who who writes that? Like you're not going to yeah. drive because you're a bit sore. You say I'm not going to drive because he's sustained an injury, or I'm not going to drive because what probably the reality was was too much work to do to put the car back together to put it on the back of the grid at Singapore, where he's not going to make any progress anyway. Coupled with whatever, I'm sure he had a bit of it. He took a bit of a knock in the car, so again it was a bit of a. It was a bit of a hand fisted PR message to send out to say, Oh, i was a bit sore, you know. It was a bit <laughs> it was a bit watery of an excuse, like, you know, and probably not actually the right one in the first instance. So, um, I'd say he just didn't want to go through all the hassle and of throwing the car back together overnight to, to put it on the grid to
0: go last get Yeah,
2: yeah to be last. And, you know, yeah. I'm sure there was an injury. What I thought was really interesting was um Mike crack, the Aston Martin um team principal or director whatever his like is, to hear what he said when he came out he said the fact that ha- the fact that um, Stroll crashed as fast as he did as hard as he did just shows his commitment I mean I don't know what yeah yeah he's about looking at me like that's what he's it, he was showing that this is a testament this is testament to Lance Stroll's character and commitment that he crashed that's going as fast as he did I mean I don't know just, it's a bit NASCAR no, for me like he's really really good because he crashes fast like.
1: wow yeah, yeah I heard that yeah. and I just a very as Barry you're praising <laughs> him for carrying 10 mile an hour too, much, through too much that he should know and he crashed out but he's committed He's committed, committed to the car.
2: Yeah. He crashed. We can, we'll, we'll all get driver today if we just drive flat out into a hairpin. <laughs>
0: and smash. Yeah.
2: And, and the other thing about it was is that the, the lap that he crashed on, he too poor first, he poor first and second sector. It wasn't going to be a lap of any note anyway. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the background is. At the end of the day, he's not driving the car fast enough. Why is almost irrelevant. But he'll still be there next year because of, you know, it's yeah. team's stroll at the end of the day. And Aston Martin is just is a way of it not costing his dad as much as it might have cost him in another way. Um, you know, that's the way he, he came up through the racing categories. He kind of bought the teams that he raced with so that he wasn't just paying money out left, right and centre. You know, he's a businessman at the end of the day, He found the cheapest way of spending millions and millions of euros. So um, I think that's what Aston Martin is, it's a vehicle and I wouldn't be surprised that if and when um, the Sun Lance gives it up, that, you know, you'll see the Aston Martin yes. disposed of in general. Control,
0: right, okay. Um, so, uh, we're we're nearly at we're nearly at the end of it, guys. In fairness, we've you uh, taking enough of your time, but there was a couple of very good drives. Uh, in that in that race, um, Piastri, I thought was one. Uh, to be yeah. fair, but I, I think I think the the guy that really really stands out, or one of them certainly that stands out, is Liam Lawson, and I think. I think you know when we were on last time we talked about why Devery lost his drive. I think Liam Lawson has just ap- adequately set out why why Devery was replaced in the team. If you look at what he's done in his third race, well, is he is he do you do you see him? I suppose there's plenty of uh, options he could or may or may not open up to him uh, before the year is over, but. Like uh, he's definitely F1 material, isn't he?
2: For sure, yeah. I think, I think he's, um, you know, not okay. He's got points, and sometimes you can get points for as we've seen with the freeze last year. But he, it's how he got the points and how he did. He did so well at the. Um, I can't just think of the race that he. What What was the race that he 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 arrived at, at Holland, wasn't it? But he was thrown in at the last minute. Yeah. He, you know, Zandvoort. Like, Zandvoort, like he survived yeah. that. It, it was Zandvoort, wasn't it? Because the Ricardo yeah, crashed into the the right terrapin and broke his hand. So at Zandvoort, he survived, which is all he could do. He'd only got one practice session and then into qualifying, so he survived that. Um, he put in a decent show on Monza, and then at, at the weekend, he, uh, you know, he did very very well. He, you know, okay, his, his teammate was was knocked out by Perez, as we said, but you know, he he put a very strong showing in relative to Snow up to that point, um, and. He actually had a poor opening couple of laps and dropped back a bit and it was, was quite hard on himself after the race, you know, saying that he could have done even better than he did with, with, with um with his points finished. So yeah, I mean so far he's definitely on an upward trajectory, which is what we spoke about before with the with the freeze, which was just flat. Um yeah. but the reality is the freeze probably never have got into that drive in the first place. It was you know, he looked into a into a reserve seat with Williams in Monza on a weekend where the Williams was on college you know, on you know, kind of was quicker than it should have been or had been all year. And he just happened to be in the car at that time. And, you know, he, he was due a go, he was due maybe a test or something, but probably not a drive just as easy as got, but there's helmet for you again.
1: Yeah. I think he's, he's, he's extremely helped. Um, now, don't get me wrong. I'm really impressed with his drive and I reiterate everything you've said. I think the, the way the race panned out really helped him, where mm-hmm. Ferrari tried to keep the pack bunched. Um, you know, at one stage there, I think they were talking about if you pit it now, like midway through the race, if you pit it now, you'd come out in 15th, which is unheard of. So yeah, I, I think that helps him that the race was kept bunched, but you can't, like, I, w- I won't take anything away from him, you know. Jumping in there, doing what he's doing, scoring a few points. You know, he might be. I suppose when you talk about the freeze, he, he's on the other side of the age spectrum.
2: He got a good opportunity. Um, he has another opportunity that is at uh, Suzuka this weekend. So hmm. that'll be four races he'll be in the car for. I, 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 I presume Ricardo's going to be back on the next one. Um, so. But it looks like, to, you know, to go off the point slightly, but keep it in, in, in context, it looks like there's nowhere for him to go next year anyways um, for Lawson. It's, it's, he doesn't seem to have any 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 gates open for him.
0: Unless, of course, Perez doesn't see out his time.
2: Yeah, Perez has a contract, you know, for next year. But there's obviously performance clauses in it both ways. But, you know... He, uh, it's hard to see him him walking away from it, and would Red Bull want to upset? Them? Like, what's in it for Red Bull to to put someone else into the car? You know, they're doing it. Perez. Is, you know, he's hanging in there, not upsetting the team or for stopping. So, you know, short short of that happening, I don't see anyone. I know there's rumours about Logan Sargent, but all the the background noise seems to be that he'll be kept for next year. Um Sonoda is locked in to to Ricardo is probably going to be alongside him. Um anywhere else. You know, uh, Zhao is in the in the Sauber again. They're all kind of getting locked in again one way or the other which is slightly disappointing because we can see where, you know, how good the likes of Lawson and, and others can, can do given the opportunity. And Piastri, of course, another one of that camp. like, you know, these are both Piastri and Lawson are both rookies this year and they're, you know, certainly Piastri is a classic case in point of how how well a rookie can do and he, he was he was fighting with different machinery than Norris was at the weekend Norris had upgrades that, that Piastri didn't mm. um, you know which was you know and Piastri had a bad qualifying that was not his fault and
0: still was able to come back and, and, and score points so yeah
2: um,
1: a decent score to be fair to him yeah
2: so it would be nice to yeah, see some <laughs> some fresh blood given a chance
1: my upgrade upgrades to be working which is great to see as well um, they, you know they've they've come down leaps and bounds, and they actually spoke about it in commentary with Martin Brundle, and Martin was asked, you know, all oh, Alonso's farm at the start of the season, and you know, what, what's gone wrong, and they've just been outdeveloped as the, scene, the season has gone on, you know, you yep. see McLaren making savage improvements, you know, Mercedes coming back strong, but yeah. well, they're McLaren, all making Ferrari big improvements,
2: backwards. they're making big improvements, Grid-wise, but as I said, it's not like a broken record. The, the the pace improvements are very are very meager and small. It's just that's all it takes at the moment. You know, you find a tenth or two tenths, and you're you're jumping four four rows and qualifying. You mm-hmm. know, in years gone by, you might that you find two tenths, and you were still in the same position. You're a bit closer to the guy in front, and a bit further than the guy behind you, but it didn't actually change the finishing order. I think what's happening now is it's just very visual. You know, that jumping up and down of the you know, of, of the grid and the, the the McLarens of this world jumping up high. But if you go back and look at it, they probably found, you know, a quarter of 1% of pace advantage or something, or pace improvement. So um, I think it's great from that point of view. It's just a pity that, you know, Red Bull are that little bit ahead that, that's taken the yeah, time I off. Think in,
1: in fairness, like in 90% of qualifying this season, the top 11 or 12 have only been split by like by a second. From, yeah, from pole to like eleven or twelve, which is you know that that's great, like that's
2: brilliant. Well, like we were all saying, how far off Verstappen was in Q two. He was seven tenths off science, but science was three and a half tenths ahead everyone. Because okay, it's Q two; it's not the most pure, you know, comparison. But you know, Verstappen was saying like this car isn't drivable; it's pathetic; it's horrendous to see that. And he was basically three tenths off the front row. Like that's that's yeah. how tight the margins yeah. is. And again, to go back to my point earlier. That's how good a job Red Bull are doing. Because if they drop the ball even the slightest bit, they're going to be caught. You know, and it just know. showed at the weekend that didn't, hmm. you know. It, it you know, when years gone by when there was other teams dominating, they still would have been probably been on the front row at Singapore just with a smaller gap.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, I think we're going to see Mercedes. In the championship in the constructors title. I think they're having a real rattle at that, I think, aren't they? And Hamilton is in with a real shout of finishing third in the drivers' championship if he keeps his head down. What do you think?
2: I I think you've just reminded me of the, the what we forgot to talk about, which was Russell throwing oh, yeah. into the into the tire wall into the clipping the ball on the last lap and his uh is is freaking out moment after that. That was that was very interesting. He just followed Blando's uh, uh wheel track straight into the into that yep. little bit of an arm cut that was kicking out, which is easy done. But man, he must have been, he was he was distraught, wasn't he?
0: He's so yeah. seriously emotional. I mean, he, I mean, five hours later, he still had tears in his eyes when he was giving interviews. You know. Yeah, uh,
1: like even even, yeah, like you can't say that there were there were pushing the limit at that stage because George just cut, had cut up to Lando, so he was back to going two seconds to lap slower than what he was on the way to catching him. And it's like Barry said, he, just, he literally mirrored, mirrored, mirrored him through the corner. And you can actually see Lando touches it too, just not as severe. And George just takes that extra five millimeters which sends him over the curb and into the barrier. Um, was it
2: was it Norris's rear wheel or front wheel that hit it, Richie? I thought it was his rear, which is probably a little rear, bit more sticky Rear
1: wheel as well. Hmm. It was,
2: it was Norris's rear, but, but George's front, I think. No, George's
1: it. rear as well. George's was rear it? right hopped off it, sent him towards the curb, which in in effect then stopped him making the corner and hit right. the barrier. Um, but I, I just, you know...
2: I it was it's so easy, dude. Richie, isn't it? You know yeah, yourself being in a single seater, like you is. said, like you're sitting in a single seater, and especially behind something as you know, as Formula One car now is so big, you can't even see through them. You know, from a normally from a driver's point of view, you can see through the wing or down the side of it or through the wishbones. You know, there's there's pockets yeah. of vis- visibility through the car, but the current F1 car is just such a such a solid lump fronty, you, and you're driving yeah, that close to sorry. the back of it you yeah, can't see right, like driving right, right up right behind right the truck, truck the yeah it's like driving behind the truck on the motorway you know it's just yeah, it's yeah. You, you can't see anything but it yeah. was um it was a tough one for him but it, it, he he done all the hard work as so far as getting back up there and then for it to end in the barriers he must have been fairly good for him but um yeah he was he, he he was uh he took it badly that's for sure but
1: it, it's not the he, first
2: time that we've seen him making a silly mistake you know, no, through, through the years. He's, he's done a few no, of them.
1: I think he's he's just naturally an emotional sort of a guy anyway. It's not the first time we've seen him shed a tear or two. Um, yeah. You know, so he, he's just probably one of those characters. He's probably beats himself up pretty badly over silly little mistakes.
0: Yeah, well, it's understandable. Yeah. I suppose, guys... You you do the work he done. You put it P two on the grid. You know you're you know you're that's that's as good as you're ever going to get that car to go this season at least. You're you're feeling fairly confident. You're happy with yourself, and then you go He's on the last the win. lap, yeah, and you're fighting for the win. And on the last lap, you your concentration drops for that split second, and that and that's all it takes, as you guys know. And that yeah. happens. to Be honest with you, I probably have cried as well because I take your life <laughs> for a podium, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, it was it was uh, but it's it's a good reminder that, you know, sometimes when you're watching it from the outside and they're just driving around with like what yeah. how how small the margins are.
1: That's how small the margins are.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Sure. yeah like the like traffic is sticking mm-hmm. up and on the entry
1: to paddock oh.
0: there. Mandela. Yeah, you know That's all like about
1: it. that one too, Richie, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I do <laughs> yeah. Well onwards
0: <laughs> nice. and upwards to Japan. Yep. That's it. Look, we're we're here in Arno. All said and done. So onwards and upwards. Japan next weekend. Predictions are Red Bull back on top.
2: Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think it'll be Verstappen back to the front, and then uh, Perez somewhere not too far behind them. And hard to know after that. Um, Merckx and is the battle. McLaren, I think, could be there thereabouts. It's, yeah, you know, it's uh it's a fast track, but there's you know there's very little it's fast with bends as opposed to just fast with straights so I don't yeah. expect McLaren and Norris to be to to be maybe best of the rest.
1: Definitely. Um I would say I will go out on a limb and say the Astri will out qualify Lando next weekend. Wow. That's a yeah, first at
2: question. J- at Suzuka if he does that at Suzuka that'll be uh Norris won't like it, let's put it that way. No, no,
0: no, no. I think there's already there's already a little bit. I won't say a needle, but you can see that they're they're already looking at each other with that slightly jaundiced eye, can't you? You can see that 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 competition starting to grow between them already. That's going to get really good before the year is over. I have a feeling. Well, I said I think it that here last. From week Lando or two. It down
1: the inside, didn't it? <laughs> Yeah,
0: I think
2: Lando Lando could be one of those characters that's... uh you know when, when things are when, when things are in, in in his favor you know he's a cheeky chappy and the you know uh, the kind of you know he's kind of young lad kind of just having a laugh blah 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 and everything's cool and funny and everything else I think uh I think the mask could slip pretty quick if piastri yeah. starts putting them putting them away and I'll be really interested to see that
1: yeah and you can it's... you can see that happening yeah, yeah. I, 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 I I do I I think he'll qualify him next weekend. I really do. I think he has a big weekend coming, Piastri. Um, and after the the mess up in qualifying last weekend, I, I think he's going to pull one out of the bag next weekend. Yeah,
0: I, I fancy Albon to go well next weekend, for given the speed that that Williams has, and and I yeah. think Suzuka is a track that will will suit him. So I, I fancy him to to give it a right crack next weekend as well. To be fair.
2: Yeah, it's the beauty of it this year. Although you know, at the front, it's it's you know mostly Singapore aside going to be a, a Verstappen Red Bull season. I think the beauty of the se- of the series is that, that bit further down the grid, it's it's a different story every week, which is great.
0: Yeah, that's it. Well, we'll look forward to it. Um, Dry race, Red race, that'll have an impact as well, I suppose. We don't anyone see what the weather forecast versus okay since Sunday, no. <laughs>
1: Well to be honest with you, if you can somehow keep the red bulls off the front row, that'll make for an interesting list. So
2: Yeah, the yeah. rain is never far away in Japan either. So oh, you know, no. it'll, be, it'll be a wet one. Never. for sure. Yeah. Either way, it'll be worth watching.
0: It will of course. It will of course. Looking forward to it. Guys, I think we'll call it a day at that. Thanks very much. Uh Richard. And uh, I suppose a quick shout-out for PFD Travel, Tech & Tools, Pellets, Pellets storage.ie Mr. Carney Engineering, Deliverit, KSMPM, and Rapco. Uh, support. I know Kevin values it. So, um, of course, why wouldn't he? So, uh, thanks to everyone. And, guys, we'll catch you next week. Uh, I'm not sure which side of the microphone or if I'll be near a microphone, but I look forward to watching the racing and and uh, catching up with you anyway. Yeah. Well done, Mike. Uh, Good you job. You, Mike. Good evening. Cheers now. Bye, Bye.
2: Bye guys.